Abigail Lopez Bird is the founder and executive director of Color Compton, a 501c3 nonprofit in Compton, California, grounded on history and art. She received her bachelor's from the University of California, Santa Cruz, and master's from Columbia University Teachers College. Abigail is currently a PhD student at the University of California, Riverside. She has previously held various professional positions in higher education institutions and community-based organizations. Abigail is a Compton native and mother of two beautiful baby girls. Please enjoy this episode of Diary of Moms Interviews and Stories podcast featuring Abigail. Abigail, welcome to Diary of Moms Interviews and Stories. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. I know you're a busy mom doing a lot of great things in the community and personally. Um, I would like to start off by asking you if you can just share um, what Color Compton Nonprofit's mission is and vision and what inspired you to create Color Compton Nonprofit. Yeah, so Color Compton is a nonprofit here in the city of Compton. Um, We work with youth and the community to develop, you know, community among cross-generational, cross-cultural, using the arts and focusing on history of people of color. So we provide internships with the youth where we go into this history and then invite guest artists to come in and teach students different art mediums um, to then create, you know, their own response to to these, you know, histories that we're talking about and changing narratives and presenting their own story and recreating history. Um, and really, I I was inspired to, to start Color Compton from my own experiences growing up here in Compton. You know, I was born and raised, my family, everybody still lives here in Compton. And when I was growing up, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was always traveling back and forth between Compton and Mexico. My parents are from Mexico. And um, I always felt like I didn't know where I fit in because all of our other family was outside of Compton. And there was always this like negative connotation that we were the only family that lived in Compton. Um, And so... I didn't. I mean, I didn't know where where I fit in, right? I didn't know what what I wanted to do. And um, when I was in high school, I ended up taking this darkroom photography course, and that really inspired me, and it changed the way that I thought about my role just here. Like, yeah, because I remember. That's so dope. Yeah, yeah. I remember the like the first image that I saw come up, you know, in the chemicals in the dark room. Have you ever seen like those videos or you're familiar with photography, dark room photography? Yep. Yeah. And then I saw it come up and form and I was like, oh my God, no one ever told me I could create something. And Man. right. And it seems so simple, but in all 
areas, uh, other areas of my life and in school, no one had ever presented to me that I could also create and add something to this world. And so that's what the arts did to me. That's really deep. And now it's like you're planting a seed in this next generation and you're planting early seeds, you know, that can be super impactful to the youth's development and just how they perceive arts and, you know, our community and their experience within the community. So I, um, you know, I, we found each other on the gram and I reached out to you because I was like, Oh, you're from Compton and your mom bet I'm going to reach out. To <laughs> and you're doing such amazing things as an active mom of two young girls, um, which is very impressive. And I know that you're currently a student pursuing your PhD. Um, I commend you greatly for that. Cause I know that ain't easy, like at all. Um, was, giving up ever an option um, during this current time? And what practices helped you accomplish your goals um, to pursue your PhD? Well, um, I think that my being a mom, honestly, is what pushed me to do all this. Um, And I I feel like, you know, I had so many people question, you know, are you sure you want to do all this right now? Like, that's a lie. Like, you just had a baby. I don't know how, you know, Um, everybody, you know, like friends, family, and just people that just did not understand what I was doing. And I think that looking at my girls, they are the reason why I'm doing these things, right? I I want them Mm -hmm. to know that once I became a mom, it didn't stop my life. Uh, you know, I, I had all these dreams. I had all these dreams and I felt like um, God was pushing me to do certain things. And it would have been easy for me to, you know, at that point when I had my first daughter to stay in New York, um, to stay in my current, you know, career. I had a good job. I had a good home. Um you know, there wasn't any stress in terms of like financial stability or anything like I was in a pretty good trajectory. Um, But once, you know, when I had my child, I kept well, her when she grows up, you know, and I felt like life kept happening and pushing me to really follow what I felt in me to do. And I always tell this story that when I finally moved back to Compton and I was working at another nonprofit that was just not aligned with what I wanted to do. It was just terrible. I, I was really depressed working there. I felt like my time was being wasted. I felt like I was, you know, it was just not a good space. And I was scared to leave because I was like, well, I moved us back home (laughs) and you know, my husband hadn't found a job yet. And, you know, my daughter was young. We, did, we were living with my parents. So I was like, well, I can't leave. I need I need to have financial stability, right? Like for my family and, and everything. So I was really scared. I really yeah. was scared. And at the same time, my daughter, she was like one. She had just turned one. And she didn't want to walk. She was really scared of walking. You know, like if we held her hand, she would like walk. She'd be like, yeah, like almost running and everything, all excited. As soon as you let go of her hand, she would just fall down. She would just drop. Yeah. (laughs) She was so 
scared. And I was like, what are you doing, mama? I still want to hold your hand. Right. (laughs) I was like, girl, I am right here. Like, nothing's going to happen to you, right? Yeah. and I'm not going to ever forget it. It was a Sunday. Um, this had just been really heavy in my heart. And I was like, I've been praying and fasting. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. And, you know, after church, I was hanging out with my family. And I was looking at my daughter. And I was like, I'm right here. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to let go of your hand, but it's fine. And it hit me. Like, I felt so convicted. I felt like God was like, you know, the same thing that you're telling your daughter is what I'm telling you. Because... I felt like I wanted something tangible to hold on to in order to like leave my job and follow, you know, this, this theme that I felt was, you know, what God was calling me to do. But I was like, okay, God, I'll do it as long as I can hold on to some stability. And God was like, nah, that's not how it works. Look at what you're telling your daughter. And I was oh like, my oh gosh. <laughs> that is so deep, Abigail. Oh my goodness. I like got chills listening to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I felt so convicted. I was like, oh, my God, like, how can I be telling my daughter? It's okay. It's fine. Like, mommy has you. Even though I let go of your hand, I'm still here. But I'm not listening to that. Right. And and when I realized that, like, I kid you not, she started walking. Wow. She started walking that Sunday. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I started crying. I was like, oh, my God. And um, that next day I went and I told my supervisor, I was like, I'm putting in my two weeks. Like, I can't be here anymore. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, I think giving up was never an option. I think that because I have children and because, you know, I think of the legacy and the things that I want to instill in them, right? The principles that I want to instill in them. I don't do anything for for myself. I, I always think about how how important it is for me to follow my own, um, like my calling and my purpose because it's tied to other people's purpose, right? And so if I don't follow it, how am I affecting other people as well? Um, and so I'm always thinking of this, this larger impact and I want my kids to to know that and see it. And when they grow up to to know, you know, mommy really followed this, even if it was hard, even if she struggled and, you know, she never gave up because beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody has the, I think the opportunity to do that. Right. Like I, my mom definitely didn't have that opportunity to think about what are her dreams and passions and purpose. And so I just felt like, I can't just uh, take advantage of this. I can't just, um, you know, take it for granted that I can do this. So, so yeah, girl, it's hard. It's hard, (laughs) but, but I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't give up. I can't give up. Oh, that's so powerful, Abigail. I, I thank you for sharing that story because I, I like truly got chills as you shared your experience. I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a lesson. And um, just walking in your purpose and having the opportunity to be able to walk in your purpose um, is definitely so powerful. Um, I know uh, within everything that you're doing as 
the founder and executive director of Color Compton as a student, a mom and a wife. Um, all of those things take a lot of time and commitment and focus, right? Mm -hmm. But like, how do you find the time to accomplish and achieve your personal goals um, within everything that you're doing right now? Right. I mean, I think it's, it's about balance. It's about time management and, you know, tasking, um, figuring out how to like prioritize, 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 Jesus, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> prioritize. Early. Right, right. It's too early. So I haven't finished my coffee. Um, but figuring out what are the things I need to prioritize in my life for my own well-being, because I think that if if I'm not OK, then I'm not going to be OK, you know, with the girls. I'm not going to be OK with my husband. I'm not going to be OK to focus um, in school. And I mean, honestly, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, and, you know, we're always our own worst critics. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, I'll have my weeks where I'm like, dang, I did not do that good with food this week. Like, I should have been on it. I should have cooked more. I should have prepped more. Like, I didn't do it. Um, but then other weeks, I'll feel really proud of like, you know what, I like cooked pretty good meals, you know, um, Adalia ate, and I'll be like, proud of myself. And so I think it's about being kind to myself and realizing that I can't do everything all the time. I need support. And if I don't accomplish something, it's okay. <laughs> it's not going to be the end of the world. And just um, know to to take some rest because um, I'm, I'm really big on that. I try not to stress myself out and think of just like, where does this fall in line with the bigger things, right? If I don't finish this mm -hmm. book, is my whole life going to fall apart? You know, no. Is it, is the stress that not finishing this task, the stress is going to come with that. Um, is it worth it? You know, is it worth my mental well being, my spiritual well being? And so I, I try to always ask myself those things and, and realize what, what I have to let go of. Um, and just kind of take it as it comes because if not, I would just constantly be so overwhelmed and stressed and feel this like heavy heaviness on me all the time because it's it's a lot and I don't know it. I think as a mom, there's no blueprint of how to do everything right. You know, there's no right. Yeah, everyone has their own kind of approach to it, and you know, I also. Um, Think about examples growing up. I didn't have, um, you know, I love my mom and everything, but she struggled through motherhood as well. And my husband and I are always talking about this, that we don't have like a family or parents that were able to take care of themselves and able to kind of also approach parenthood in a healthy way. And so we're trying to break down generational, yes. you know, things and that's hard and so if you start thinking of all of that right you know if I start naming it like dang I gotta read this I gotta get this done I need my finances I need her to eat I need to take a shower I need to clean the house I need to blah, 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 all these things and then you think about the spiritual part and then you know generational 
it's like it could be a lot right and and so I try not to approach my days and my weeks into that I'm like okay Jesus I'm gonna get this done today and if it doesn't work out then it's fine (laughs) that's such great advice though that's really good advice um that I feel like I feel like it could be applied just throughout the journey period, you know, and it's great um, that you're able to share it so early. Cause I know being a mom in general is just, you know, it's going to be a lot. There's going to be messy days, hard days, great days. Um, but I know, especially when you have young kids, it is very active. Um, and it's, it's just a lot of like laying down the foundation. So um I I'm, I just love that advice because I feel like it's so essential, but sometimes it just feels so hard to do, but it's so essential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because no uh, one really emphasizes those things, right? It's like um, no one teaches you to that part that yeah. it's okay if you, if, you know, some things don't happen or they don't work out. Like, it's okay. No one. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that um it's it's hard right and sometimes that can be um even another burden of like being the one to break down these cycles right while also teaching my mom and you know like because you know I'm still like young enough you know that I have my mom and and have those conversations with her and so sometimes I even then have to be kind to myself, like, all right, Abby, like you're the first one trying to do this. Let, yes. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> That's so real. It's so real. And I think like in our previous, you know, like our mothers who who are great and, you know, just did amazing. It was just a different time. Right. So it's like they they were like self-care what like you just mm-hmm. do what you have to do even though our generation is like yes yeah, sis but that's not really healthy um it's it's a burnout um and it's not necessarily like the only option and owning that like I look at my mom and I mean she's amazing I don't know how she does it my mom still goes to work every day and she gets up at like 3 a.m every day um to go to work amazing. yeah and comes home will like start cleaning cooking and you know that's been so much of her life that even when there's time to relax it's like she her body doesn't know how to like she yeah. not stay still like she doesn't know how she's like so programmed to it um to to just constantly moving you know um and and trying to explain self-care or trying to explain support is also really interesting, right? Like my parents are really confused in how much my husband supports when it comes to our children. And they were yeah. like, what? Like, hold on, you're the mom. <laughs> and I mean, this is like a real thing, right? But I'm like, uh, no, like that's that's their dad, you know? Yeah, his dad. <laughs> Oh, that's so real. That's so real. Um, and can you can you just share um, just because I know you shared so much already, but just is there any other top of mind advice for working moms or moms who are pregnant um, that you would just feel like 
would be very helpful to them? Um, I mean, I think that I would just say like, no one knows you better than yourself. And, and that if all you did in one day was make yourself breakfast and that was the most that you could do that day, then that's fine. And no one could tell you anything about it because they don't know the struggles that you're going through. And I think accepting that and, and being kind to yourself is like a step forward. It's like taking that, um, I don't know if it's like agency or ownership over your own well-being and acknowledging how that will impact everything else that you do. Because nothing else is going to exist if you don't take care of yourself. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if you get, you know, 100K for your business. It doesn't matter if you like buy fancy clothes for your kids. It doesn't matter if, you know, nothing matters if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're happy. Right. And so, yeah. And so you have to kind of be be kind to yourself um, and taking it one day at a time and no one no one could tell you what is the right or wrong way to do it because there isn't a right or wrong way to do motherhood. And so you can take advice, but I always think about being cautious when people give you like some advice or tell you to do something. It's like, well, what perspective um, are they coming from? You know, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, some, somebody's advice might work for them, but it might not work for you and it's okay. As a creative um, what do you do to nurture creativity in your girls' lives? And how do you practice creativity together as a family? Yeah, so, I mean, I think our whole family is so creative. You know, my background is in photography. And just I love doing any type of scrapbooking or arts and crafts. And then my husband um, is an audio engineer, so he's all about music. And so... We're always doing like family painting jamming nights where we're just like dancing. Um, and we- <laughs> I love it. That is so awesome. Yeah. So we try to have just like time for sure when we get home and play with the, when play with the girls, um, just put on some music and start dancing or my daughter, my oldest daughter, she loves painting. Oh, my God. Like, loves it. I want to do something with her about this because since she was really small, yeah, since she was really small, the way that she held her paintbrush, like, she she holds her pens and pencils and paintbrush very good, like, at a very, very young age. And she doesn't even do finger coloring, right? You know, kids, they want to get all messy. Uh-uh. Wow. Yeah. No. She gets paint on her finger. She's like, mm, mommy, like, clean this. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. yeah. And so we'll put a canvas on her and, and, you know, get paint and she'll just go at it. And then she'll tell me when she's done. She's like, all right, I'm done. With you. Oh my God. Like, I love it. Okay. So you'll have to share her next exhibit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> In the near future, uh, I love that is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I I think it's a it's amazing. And um, when I mean when we were in New York, we definitely took her everywhere with us. You know, I would like always take her to museums and 
Um, My husband had a recording studio in New York and before we left, we went and like had him record her so that we just had it, you know, that like she's just blabbling on on the mic, but it's like, oh, we recorded this at your dad's studio. And so, and she also like loves to play piano, but I think my youngest is actually gonna be more musically inclined. I think my oldest is like visual, and then my youngest is gonna be more um, like audio. Oh, I love it. It's it's like never too early no. to just allow them to develop however, however they develop, you know, because they are literally their own, they are their own little mm-hmm. beings. And so I think that's so awesome that they're, they're just like doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one one thing though, because I know that you did used to live in New York. Just sidebar moment. Don't you miss all the great <laughs> museums in New York? I mean, I know I know LA has some museums, but that's like the one thing that I felt like I missed, you know, for the kids is the experiences of like all the great museums. Even the kids' museums in New York were awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I do miss that. Like it's funny because I remember when I moved back, my mom was like, oh, aren't you so happy to be here with the kids? It's so much easier, you know, dealing with the trains. And I was like, uh, I guess, like, not really. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I felt like I really loved, I mean, I would wrap my daughter on me all the time. I was constantly walking yeah. and wrapping her on me. I didn't use the stroller too much. Um you know, but I I loved being able to just wrap her on me and go to the museum and, you know, go to the park. And it was so much easier. And there's always things going on, you would like hear music everywhere. um, Without the stress of like thinking of parking or cars. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, so I do, I definitely do miss that. Um, I, my youngest daughter, she's a she's a COVID baby. So, she hasn't been exposed to as many things. Um, you know, she yeah. was born right in the middle of COVID and, you know, still haven't really taken her to many places. But my oldest, she traveled everywhere, was all over all five boroughs of New York and all the West Coast. I mean, the East Coast, um, even out here, when we first got here, we traveled a little bit. So I was, uh, I do miss that accessibility that LA is more spread out and I don't like and I'm like where do I go like I struggled so long to even find a library um to take her to do like a what are they called like just a reading like a yeah. yeah I was like where where do I go like hold on what and then at one point I was going all the way to Cerritos for something I'm like yes all the way to Cerritos or like um, I had to go some, one time, uh, I went to, what is it like Redondo beach? I'm like, what am I doing out here? <laughs> and also like diverse wise, um, that was really hard. You know, my daughters are mixed and I'm always conscious of like, okay, I want them to see, um, different cultures. You know, I want them to be around different cultures, like, and the ethnic wise, you know, different. Yes. And, and in New York, it's just you meet so many different people and out here it's like so segregated so when 
it is. when I, especially for kid activities, I was just like, what, what is this? Yeah. So that's definitely we'll a challenge. Have to, we'll have to keep each other updated on things that you might stumble upon. And once things kind of like open up, because that's one thing I miss. It, it's so diverse kind of everywhere you go in New York right. and here you have to be intentional about where you're going. Right. In New York, it's like you could kind of go anywhere right. and it's fine. And you're right. It's easier to like know where a reading will take place or just some activity out here. It's just like you really have to do your research or maybe right. maybe because I'm just getting back and I'm a mom now back in Compton. I just have to figure it out, too, because someone listening to this podcast is probably going to be like, actually, there's a lot. I hope so. um, and maybe I'm just, I hope so. <laughs> and maybe I'm just missing it. Yeah. Hopefully when things open up, like right, it'll right. all come together yeah. for the kids. Um, but it's, it's dope that you've been able to take um, just your experience uh, traveling and living in New York and bringing that back uh, to Compton and to the community and just continuing to do so many great things for um, all children and, um, you know, just everyone to be able to tap into. And um, for those who like to support Color Compton, um, whether it's donating or be a part of Color Compton's amazing programs, how can they keep in touch with you and the um, nonprofit? Yeah, definitely. So we are like you said, a nonprofit. So we always welcome any donations um, via Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. Um, it's all at Color Compton. And you can follow us and the programming that we have going on on Instagram at Color Compton or just visit our website um, to just learn more about our mission, our vision, who we are. Um, at www.colorcompton.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abigail, for your time and um, just pouring so much into this, this chat that we're having early in the morning. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode featuring Abby, who is the founder of Color Compton. She is a creator, a mom, a woman of such wisdom, and I enjoyed speaking with her. And I also learned so many lessons within our conversation. To continue your support for Color Compton, please visit their website at www.colorcompton.org. If you're on the gram, you can follow Color Compton Nonprofit at Color Compton and support, spread the word. They're doing amazing things in the city of Compton and they're really planting a seed in the next generation of artists and you know, our current generation of, of artists and beyond. And so be sure to check them out. Also, I just want to plug, we did a little spring 
or we, I did a little spring refresh for our cover art. So if you noticed, there has been an update. I felt like it was much needed and uh, I just... I just did a little update, a little refresh. So um, if you notice that the cover art looks different, that's why I am I'm really, really, really trying to figure out some things within the IG page. So I know I have not been posting as consistently on the gram. It's just been so much going on and I'm learning also how to level set uh, and achieve my goals because there's certain things that I kind of want to do with the Instagram and I just really need to find the time to execute. So if you notice the IG has been a little quiet, that's why I'm I'm trying to work on some things behind the scenes, uh, but plan to get back in the swing of it so we can keep this gram content going and the dialogue going on Instagram. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support of this space. And until next time, mamas.